1: Good morning. It's eight thirty on Tuesday, February eighteenth. I'm Karen Brown, and this is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. On today's show,
2: it appears that the Pearl River is currently at thirty six point seven four feet, and that we believe that it is expected to be at or near its crest at this moment.
1: As the waters of the Pearl River recede, we talk to MEMA Director Greg Michelle. Then, what homeowners need to know about filing flood insurance claims. And we hear from those impacted by the flooding. That's all coming up. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. The Pearl River is slowly falling after reaching its third highest level on record and highest since 1983. Homes and businesses along the river in Hines and Rankin counties were greatly affected by the floodwaters associated with the swollen river. The Mississippi Emergency Management Agency is still working to monitor the continued threat of flooding in the area. We're joined now by Greg Michelle, executive director of MEMA. Good morning, Greg. Hey, good morning, Karen. How are you? I'm pretty good this morning. I bet you're a tired guy this morning.
2: Well, yeah, uh, we've been, it's been a long uh, weekend, a long week, uh, but certainly not not nearly as long as uh, those that have been in these affected homes.
1: Sure, absolutely. What is the status uh, for the Jackson area, Rankin County, Hines County?
2: So the Pearl River this morning uh, had steadily dropped over the night at 36.34, uh, 3, I believe is about where it is that it's falling. And the pool capacity to the reservoir um, has increased as well, and uh, the outflow, they are now dialing that outflow on the reservoir back. So uh, the waters will continue to recede, and this rain that we're getting is certainly not going to help that. but. Uh, again, we've been looking and planning for this for weeks. We knew this rain was coming, and, and that's why they built the capacity in the reservoir.
1: And certainly good news that water is beginning to recede. But we still have houses sitting in water and streets flooded. Isn't that the case?
2: Absolutely. So the real work is about to begin. You know, you've got, you've got homes that uh, have been affected by the flood, meaning that they've been cut off and, and had to back in place because it couldn't, they couldn't it. They had cut off for accessibility. You know, we feel like those those individuals here will to return back in the next few days. Those, however, that have been at homes inundated with flood water, they're going to be out, uh, you know, weeks, maybe months, before they can get back in.
1: For those who didn't evacuate and are sitting in the middle of a, a lake around their home or a pond, are there still rescues going on?
2: Well, yes. We still have assets staged uh, to assist those that, that need it. We did send some of the resources back because... You know, uh, a little bit of the silver lining in the cloud is that uh, the good news is that folks uh, did heed, for the most part, did heed the evacuations uh, that were issued uh, now five, six days ago. So people did what they were supposed to do. That attributed to the low number of, uh, of injuries that we had uh, and also attributed to the low number of uh, actual call-out rescues that had to be conducted.
1: How many uh, electrical outages are still in effect?
2: So I got the update this morning. We've still got several hundred uh, spread across the, the, the counties. A lot of that is going to be due to uh, meters that had to be cut off due to uh, flood inundation uh, and then your normal outages. But uh, really, to be honest, the power outages are low. There were some substations that had to be de-energized through the flooding. Uh, they were able to re- reroute power back uh, to those areas. So uh, t- for the most part, we were able to maintain power to those homes that still had occupied.
1: Will there be notice that it's safe for people to return, or will they know that on their own when the water recedes off the roadway?
2: Well, we still got uh, Jackson Police and Wildlife fishing, Game are out, uh, you know, have poured all the areas that are flooded. Uh, we'll be monitoring those areas and, and give indication that we feel like it's safe to get back. You know, you're not only dealing with floodwaters, we're also dealing with health risks. Um, a lot of the, some of the, the sewage, especially in Jackson, uh, had been infiltrated into the floodwater, so we've got some, certainly got some health risks. But we'll be putting those notices out when it's safe for people to return to their homes and start cleaning up.
1: You know, we often hear when there are floodwaters, that means there are snakes or alligators or other concerns besides the bacteria you just mentioned. Is that likely this time of year when it's cold out?
2: Uh, as far as the uh, wildlife? Yes. Well, uh of course, uh, not as much so with uh, you know with snakes and things. We, we, we've certainly seen a lot of deer that have been displaced. If you have noticed anything on social media, the uh, wildlife, fishing, game, Jackson police have, uh, have had to you know free some uh, deer that have gotten into the backyards, got caught up in fences. But um, it's always the case when you got uh, water inundation to uh, urban areas, where you're going to see wildlife you typically don't see.
1: You're asking people to self-report their damage. How do they do that?
2: Well, this is a new tool that we've got with our crisis tracks partnership that we entered into this past year with the insurance department. Um, there's a there's a link online where folks can go in and click in, and it gives them the opportunity to go ahead and early report damages that they have. This will help them. It also will help us pinpoint where we need to come to. But the biggest issue it's going to help us determine uh, these water levels because we're dealing with uh, we're dealing with flooding the Uh, information as back as you know that's 37 years old so knowing where that water uh, was in their home will help us update that information.
1: And Greg let me ask you about you know there's some relief at least that water is receding in Hines and Rankin counties but what about the counties south of that? Yeah so
2: you've got about eight counties that are south of us that uh, are expected to uh, see cresting levels within the next uh, 12-24 hours. Now, we've contacted and been in touch with, uh, my my staff's been in touch with those emergency management uh, directors, local directors in the counties, and haven't identified anything uh, that is going to be overwhelming. They are going to have some flooding uh, because the Pearl River is going to be cresting there, but uh, it appears that uh, we don't have anything that's going to be terribly severe that that they're not going to be able to handle, and we can't handle it at our level.
1: And let me ask you finally real quick, this is Severe Weather Awareness Week. Are you still uh, having different events each day, or or does this flooding, this actual flooding, take care of that?
2: Well, you know, we just talked about that uh, the other day, and, uh, you know, we are dealing with severe weather during Severe Weather yeah. uh, Preparedness Week. But we're going to still be sending out the messaging about how people should be prepared, what they should do. But I will tell you, a big testament. i, I got to go back to the evacuation. I am just so thankful. And impressed by the folks in Hines, Rankin, and Madison that were under this evacuation notice. For the most part, they did what they were supposed to do, and, and and it's terribly inconvenient to have to leave your home. It's way terribly inconvenient to come home to a flooded home. But they did what they needed to do. They got out. They went, for the most part, with friends. We never had more than twenty-five in our shelters, um, and and that's that's a testament to people doing what they need to do. And I can't say thank you enough to them. And uh, so you know we're living it and uh, so this is a uh, this is you couldn't be on uh, any more representative of uh severe weather than what we're dealing with right now
1: greg michelle is the executive director of mema thanks so much greg
2: thank you karen
1: coming up what homeowners need to know about filing flood insurance claims this is mississippi edition on mpb think radio this is mpb think radio mississippi is our mission Karen Brown. When the waters recede and flood-worn residents return to their homes, the next difficult step to normalcy is the cleanup and repairs associated with flood damage. Insurance Commissioner Mike Cheney says that reporting damage and filing insurance claims can be tedious, but affected homeowners should document any damage as soon as safely possible. He tells our Michael Guidry his department is available to assist.
3: The National Flood Insurance Program has their own adjusters to adjust any claims that uh, constituent may have on, on national flood insurance if they ha- do have flood insurance and if they have issues uh we encourage them to call us we'll be happy to intercede on their on their behalf although we have very little authority with the federal government we've been very successful in helping consumers and that's our job and uh, my goodness you know when somebody's lost all their all their property in a flood and they have flood insurance and to be get a run around for six months is bad enough so we try to intercede to get them taken care of. And we do have some people that have uh, private flood insurance uh, in the Rankin County area all the way down to Columbia, and we uh, we will help those folks out too. That's uh, that's usually not a problem. And if, if people have flood damage, they should take pictures whether they have flood insurance or not uh, because we think that FEMA may come along and there may be some grants to help these people out. And you may think you don't have much damage if you only have six inches of water in your home, but six inches to three and a half, four feet, it's all the same.
2: What's what's a good window for going in and assessing the damage and and trying to get all that information gathered to be able to report?
3: The best one for people to go in and try to take pictures is after the water's gone down and MEMA, which is the Mississippi Emergency Management Agency, uh, the governor and or the local sheriff's department say it's okay for you to go back in. Don't go back into the property just because the water has crest and the r- flood stage has crest. Wait until the water's down and it's safe to go back in. You got to remember, you still have snakes. Some cases we uh, this morning we saw alligators, so uh, they're all kind of varmints that come with rising water. In addition to that, you have um, bacteria that's in rising water. It tends to raise the bacterial levels significantly, so one could get sick. Wait until you're told it's okay to go back in.
2: You said earlier that six inches to three feet—it's it, all the same—and you mentioned some of the um, some of the, the the safety concerns with that. For people that are experiencing that type of flooding, what 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 is normally the extent of that damage?
3: Well, the extent of that damage would normally be that if you have just say six inches of water. You're going to have some damage to the sheetrock in most homes. If you have wood paneling, that will be damaged also. Uh, You can have damage to your foundation uh, unsettling because it uh, loosens the soil up under those slabs if you have a slab foundation. And you've got to get all the mud out and the dirt and the critters and the bacterial, and uh, you've got to disinfect. It's a complicated process, and they have to cut at least they, being the homeowner or the contractor, has to cut out part of the sheetrock to replace it. Now, let me let me give a word of caution. When you go back in to look at your house and assess the damage, and someone comes out and says, "Look, I can get to you first for an extra three or four hundred bucks," put you put your antenna up to say, "Be careful here. Don't get someone out that scams you just because you've been in a situation and saying that the insurance company will pay for it when they won't." Get a reputable contractor. If you're in doubt, call the Department of Insurance. You can call us at 359-3581, which is my direct number, and somebody can take care of you. And we've got a switchboard number that you can call also. And you've got an 800 number of 1-800-562-2957, and the department will be happy to answer your questions. Any other
2: tips uh, that I didn't hit on?
3: Well, the other tips that we would tell you is don't cut your power on immediately when you go back in because you may burn your house down. Uh, Be very careful uh, around going into your home because you never know what type of animal may be lurking in that home, uh, even if you've had the doors closed. And um, we tell folks to be extremely careful. Always have someone else with you in case you get hurt. They can help you get out and uh, let, work with the local uh, sheriff's departments or police departments if you're inside the city. Uh, the sad part about everything I've said is most people will not have flood insurance. Most people will be dependent upon FEMA and the federal government and the state of Mississippi to help them out.
1: Mike Cheney is the insurance commissioner for the state of Mississippi. Coming up, we hear from those impacted by the flooding. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. Have you been in this situation? You're listening to a great story on Think Radio in your vehicle, but now it's time to go inside. You want to keep listening, but you're ready to move on. What can you do? Pull up the MPB Public Media app on your phone while you're in the car. You can continue listening to that great MPB local show and not miss a moment. Search for the MPB Public
4: Media app in your app store.
2: For MPB's Moments in Black History, we highlight Denise LaSalle. After finding her voice in the church of her childhood home of Belzona, she switched to R&B music and in 1971 created a number one hit trapped by a thing called love. But it was not until she signed with Jackson-based Malaco Records that she became known as the Queen of the Blues. In 2015, Denise LaSalle was even inducted into the R&B Music Hall of Fame. This has been MPB's Moments in Black History.
1: This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. I'm Karen Brown. Shante Durr is a resident of Rollingwood Wood in Northeast Jackson. She and her family were forced out of their home late last week as the waters began to rise. When the river crested Monday, the water was as high as the doorknob on her front door. Durr tells MPB's Ashley Norwood they could see the waters quickly rising over the weekend.
4: We watch the news, and of course we always watch the weather. We decided Thursday night that we were Thursday during the daytime and we would get a U Haul truck and evacuate a good bit of our stuff on Friday. But we still have stuff in the house because it's hard to pack up a whole entire house in one day.
5: Talk about that process. Like, how did you prioritize what you wanted to save? Like, you know, moving things around. What was that like?
4: Well, honestly, we didn't prioritize it when my dad came over on Friday to help us move. Um, well, he really couldn't do much of anything, but he was there for more support. He said, get all soft things first, so we got the sofas and the mattress and all chairs. And then after that, we started getting wood pieces, but we ran out of space on our U-Haul truck. And then initially, when we checked on the U-Haul, we saw how much space we had, so we kind of made the decision from there. But then we came back on Saturday to get all picture frames, um, clothes, shoes, anything I felt that was of any value.
5: So you obviously can't even get to your home right now, but what are you imagining uh, is taking place on the inside, or what do you think it even looks like?
4: I think that, um, of course, I know that it has flooded in. Um, I think there is possibility a lot of mold that will settle in, and I'm, I'm really concerned about the smells. That's my... um. My
5: only thing that I'm concerned about. How, how important is it to do your self reporting for MEMA on the damages that may be inside of your home? Well what I've
4: been doing, every time we come by, I um I get as close as I can when I have on my rain boots and then I do a video and I talk in the and I talk in the video and from the video it lets you know what days I've come by. So it's just for me to keep account what's going on and how high the water was on a particular day
5: can you kind of walk me through that from the days that you've been out here how it progressed okay so friday when we came we could we could um drive our u-haul down the
4: street but we couldn't park in our driveway we had to park in our neighbor's driveway because um our house had more flood water than our neighbors so we had to bring our furniture across their driveway as we were Putting our furniture inside of the truck, we noticed that the water started building up quickly. So that kind of made us panic a little bit, but not too much. But that made us think in our mind that we didn't have long. So between Friday and Saturday morning, there was a huge difference
5: in the increase of water. And so where are you now? I know you, you have to evacuate. Where, where are you and your family? Right now, we're living outside where we're all with my parents. My
4: parents have lived in, um, outside our road now for 30 years, so they have been so gracious, and it's just a blessing that they're still here to let us live with them until we get all this situated. Also, my mother-in-law and has opened up, her own, opened up her home, and a lot of other people have been very, very nice, saying if we need anything. Um, a lot of prayers have been sent. A lot of people have been calling. So I'm just very thankful for the love being shown to us
5: during this you know, disastrous time. Disasters is a good word to use because I'm sure this has interrupted your life and your family's life in so many ways. Can you kind of talk about how it has interrupted your lives and what that feels like?
4: Um, it's interrupted our lives in a lot of ways. Um, like I stated earlier, I have three little girls, 14, 7, and 3 Um my seven-year-old goes to school right around the corner, so that's going to be a lot. But you know what? I'm not going to complain because it could be worse. I could not I, I could be at a point where I didn't have a vehicle and my car flooded out. Uh, like I said earlier, I'm just thankful to have the um, resources that we need to, to do the things that we need to do. Um, not so much... We're feeling out of place because we go over to my mom's house probably about two to three times a Sunday. So the girls are used to going over there. So she's made us, and my dad has made us feel extremely welcome. Do you have flood coverage? We do have flood coverage. I'm really being honest. Not a lot. But we have some. I just checked on it this morning. Um... We didn't think that anything of this magnitude would take place. So being honest, at the time when we got coverage, we were getting what we could afford. Like most people have stated that I've talked to.
1: Sean Tadur is a resident of Rollingwood in Northeast Jackson. Morton McKegney of Riverwood considers himself fortunate. His home, which flooded in 1979, was spared this time. But he tells our Kobe Vance, despite experiencing his third flood warning, he still gets anxious.
6: Well, I guess the the biggest thing is just the anxiety of, you know, wanting to know whether you're going to get flooded or not. And at 38 feet, most people in this neighborhood, you know, would be all right. There's several houses down through there that have um, basements, and the uh, energy cut the power to them yesterday. So they're totally without power.
0: So have people been moving out uh, fairly often?
6: Well, down there, most of those houses, all of them, really, were built after the 79 flood. So they're at least a foot above that flood stage. And uh, we're not even close to the 79 flood. That was 43.25. And this one is, you know, might go to 37.5 or 38. So they're good. In 83, you know, that was 39.58. So in my house right there i had seven inches to spare the whole backyard was flooded it was up in our driveway but we had seven inches left this house here a car driving st- down the street would put water in it you know so we feel pretty good right now my parents lived over there on in rolling wood right behind us and they were flooded both in 79 and 83 so i've had some experience with the With the
0: floods, and so this neighborhood—it seems like it's had its uh, history battling with these floods. Yeah,
6: yeah, it definitely has. I think in the '79 flood, these houses right in here were about four feet deep.
0: And so, uh, what's like, what what do you do from now? Like, it sounds like you have a little bit of experience, like with these flooding situations here. How do people bounce back um, from something like this? Well, if you get flooded,
6: now more than likely you have flood insurance, so that's a lot better. But over here in Canton Avenue Estates, there were so many people that did not have flood insurance, and boy, it really, you know, set them back. But after that 79 flood, I think all the lending agencies mandated, you know, that you had flood insurance. My parents didn't have it in 79, and in those dollars days, I think they incurred about $20,000 of loss since they had a, An upstairs, we got a lot of things up to their upstairs, so that's the salvation of a lot of people, you know, if if they have an upstairs. Uh, We have moved some things out in anticipation, not of this event, but of the rest of the spring. We're just trying to get prepared for the possibility
0: of a big one because this is not a good start to the spring. And you mentioned earlier that it looks like this person uh, in the house to my right has just moved out entirely yeah, um,
6: they have, and they don't have any intentions of coming back they're
0: gone so what what do you think is going to happen to the house?
6: Well, it's currently a rental house, so I think it'll just continue as a rental house you know
0: and I can see they have just a pile and piles of stuff out here um, is this something that a lot of people have been doing just uh, discarding things that they don't want to hold on to
6: well, I don't know about. Any of the other neighborhoods, because um, since all the moving out started, you know, I've been here primarily. Um, But those that get flooded, you would not believe just the mounds of debris, you know, that they'll put on the street. It'll it'll look like a war zone. I mean, it's unbelievable. Sheetrock, insulation, carpet, furniture, mattresses, just it's it's awful.
1: Morton McKegney is a resident of Riverwood in Northeast Jackson. Thanks for listening to the Mississippi Edition podcast from MPB News and MPB Think Radio. Don't forget to subscribe if you haven't already. And if your app lets you, leave a comment or review. We really do appreciate it. Remember, you can always get in touch with MPB News on Facebook and Twitter. And fresh episodes of the podcast are posted every weekday morning.